0: Hello. Since this is my first time speaking today, I'm going to do a little introduction. Okay. Kiora ora tatau, ko Tower Hill Tamanga. Greetings all. Tower Hill is my mountain. Ko moana, atarangi moana. No Bermuda aho. The Atlantic Ocean is my sea. I am from Bermuda. No Europe, o kotipuna. Kete noho au My ancestry is in Europe. I now live in New Zealand. Call Dempster toko whanau. <laughs> Call Diane toko ingoa. Dempster is my family. My name is Diane. <laughs> okay, let's get one thing straight. Bermuda, where is it? Forget the triangle. You hear more about that here than you do there. That's where it is, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, all on its own. I've got a very fond memory from there. My Methodist grandmother would take me to church as a three-year-old. And my legs would dangle over the pew. And I still remember the scene. A few years ago, Steve and I had the opportunity to go all the way back. And I tell you, it's all the way back. And I remembered the sanctuary. I remembered. It was just quite incredible, very precious. But anyway... Just want to let you know, Bermuda is not in the Caribbean. If you say that to me, I'll say New Zealand is in Australia. So (laughs) there it is. I just want to let you know, because this isn't about me giving you information. This is about us having a relationship, and me sharing some stuff. And maybe you might like to chat with me about it after. That would be great. Okay. Another thing you may not know about us is that we have five young adults. Okay. That was taken a few years ago, but you get the sense of them. There's Caleb on the extreme left. There's Izzy, Isabel, and Tim, Jamie, and Graham. Okay, so that's our five young adults. They live all around New Zealand, different places. So I just wanted to introduce some of my family to you because you only really get to see Steve and I most of the time. Okay, here we go. There's a biblical scholar by the name of Jane Sheberg. And she makes a suggestion, and I want you to think about this statement and see what you think about it. It says, the Gospel of Luke is an extremely dangerous text, perhaps the most dangerous in the Bible. It portrays women as models of subordinate service excluded from the power center of the movement and from significant responsibilities. Just have a little look at that, see what you think about that statement. The Gospel of Luke is an historical narrative announcing the coming of Jesus, the anticipated Messiah. There is a flow from the old covenant to the new one, as God's promise to bring salvation to the world through Israel continues to unfold. Women play prominent roles in the Gospel of Luke. This gospel has more passages about women than all the others. Included are Elizabeth, Anna, Martha, Joanna, Susanna, and other women whose names may not be recorded, but their parts in God's big story are. Let us remember Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Mary, the sister of Martha, Let me know if you find any more Marys there. I think I've pretty much (laughs) got them all. Placing women near the beginning of the gospel, there is a reversal as women are front and central to what is happening despite the culture that focuses on men. There are 13 women that Luke includes who are not mentioned in the other gospels. Elizabeth and Mary relay out loud their interpretations of the significance in the coming of John and Jesus. Anna speaks with the hopeful about the arrival of baby Jesus. Jesus announces the arrival of the kingdom of God. The gift of salvation for all through Jesus redefines the status for those on the margins of society. The place of woman is raised and they are fully participating In the salvation of God. In the parables, for example, Luke affirms that identity for women is in God. Jesus is anointed, listens to, and is supported in ministry by women. Women followers of Jesus are being prepared for ministry, to speak, proclaim, and share in actions and words. They are faithful as they walk with Jesus and learn from him as he teaches. Jesus interacts with them. From different economic backgrounds, these women participate, are in the community of the movement, and engage in missionary activity. Professor Jay Corpus calls these women disciples. Their actions and words in this gospel confirm this, even though they are not part of the chosen 12. Jesus accepts and calls both men and woman. Jesus even referred to one woman as being a daughter of Abraham. Men and women are learning, serving, and proclaiming together. Women are present at Jesus' crucifixion, preparing anointing spices, discovering the empty tomb, receiving a message from an angel that Jesus has risen, and were the first to share the good news with the disciples. The first. Equality, inclusion, and examples of faith. That's just a little overview of women in Luke. Now we're going to focus on Anna. In Luke 2, 25 to 38, we see encounters between God, Mary, Joseph, Simeon, Anna, and Jesus, like we heard in the reading. Prior to the presentation of Jesus in the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus had been born in Bethlehem, and was visited by some shepherds. Mary and Joseph traveled with Jesus to Jerusalem to engage in the prescribed rites of purification at the temple. With their hearts and souls prepared, they were fervent and intentional in their worship of God. Now we're going to have a look at Luke 2. And um, my one is the New Revised Standard Version. R.S. (laughs) NFC, whatever. <laughs> That's the version I like. Okay, here we go. Luke 236. There was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. So Anna, an elderly widowed woman, is a prophetess who is pious and faithful. And looking at verse 37, then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. Anna lived a long life as a widow and was devoted to God. Most likely, she wasn't at the temple all the time but dutifully present each day. Fasting and praying were priorities. As Anna communed with God in hope, she showed initiative in God's story. Let's have a look at verse 38. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna arrived at the right place at the right time. Thanking and praising God for redemption through Jesus she then continues to share about Jesus, who is identified as the Messiah. And his prayers and those of others regarding the redemption of Jerusalem are answered. Now let's have a look at some brief takeaways we can get from these few verses. Here are some learnings we can take. We all have our parts to play. Age, circumstances, and location are don't need to be barriers for serving let's be thankful for salvation in jesus let's be thankful for our faith community where many blessings are shared and received we are placed in certain places at certain times for reason pray with each other and for others let's ask for guidance of the holy spirit we can share the good news of salvation Let's tell others about God keeping his promises. There are those who are ready to hear, to embrace and being in God's big story and play a part in God's calling too. Where does Anna place her identity? That's a thought, isn't it? Just going to tell you a little story now. As a young child, I was quite active and loved to play games. My brothers and friends at home And at school. Any PE in sports that was happening, I was there. After coming to New Zealand at seven years old, I became involved in many sports on top of my ballet and tap lessons. I ate a lot of chocolate. Also, I was a regular attendance at YMCA holiday camps. And these were full of activity. Man, I lost count how many times I walked up the summit of Rangitoto Island in the Haraki Gulf from the bridge that links to Mototapu Island, so no fancy bus, it was eight-year-old walking (laughs) all the way from Mototapu, the summit and down again. In the winter school holidays, my mother, being from Canada, would take my younger brother and I skiing. How blessed was I to have these opportunities. Mum encouraged me to do all these sports. She never actually forced me. Then, at 15 years old, I became sick, too sick to go to school for a long time. I remember the doctor telling me I couldn't do any activity for two years. Oh my goodness. From my limited life perspective at that age, my world seemed to crash. I thought even when I feel better, I couldn't for a while go back to the active life I had known. What I viewed as important was on hold. It was on pause. My sense of worth and value was undermined. My identity took a hit. Let's now think back to Anna. Where did Anna, the prophetess, place her sense of worth and value? We know she was devoted and faithful. In the setting of her time, Anna was vulnerable. Old, single, and a widow. However, she continued to serve God for a long time. She was able to see Christ's child soon after he was born. She knew who he was. Once she had seen him, what did she do? She gave thanks and looked for opportunities to share about Jesus. According to the historian Josephus, The court of women had three gates, and there was a courtyard that allowed both men and women. I want you to imagine the scene now. You've got the temple in Jerusalem. You've got the court of women with three gates and a courtyard where men and women are mingling. Imagine all those there. And if you like... You may like to close your eyes and just imagine the scene. I'm a really good dreamer. I often close my eyes and imagine and dream. (laughs) I'm going to read a poem now, and it's from Anna's perspective. It's quite cool. I love it. I hope you do too. Within this ancient frame, I have been carrying a burning hope. It has been a privilege to live in this house of prayer, surrounded by generations of the faithful, And though I have tried to underplay and quell my own desires, the flame of this hope has persisted, that after all these days, all these years of piety and devout living, I might be granted a small blessing by the God of all. Glory to God, creator of the earth. Today I have looked into the eyes of the one who will bring redemption. All that I am is full of the glory of God. This ancient frame is ablaze with hope and joy. I just think that's a wonderful reflection of what Anna was most likely thinking. Okay. In Christ, we have assurance of our own worth and are called to humbly serve Let's have a look at Genesis 1. And it says, we have worth being created by God. And in Galatians, it says, through faith in Christ, we become God's children. I mean, that is pretty cool. The theologian Callas says this about having our identity in Christ. It neither crushes or inflates the ego. Neither society nor my own feelings control me and tell me who I am. Thank goodness for that. Neither society or my own feelings control me and tell me who I am, and we know who does. Now, let's look at some local statistics. The Walbur Foundation published their 2018 Faith and Belief Report that investigated faith and belief among New Zealanders. Have a look at some of their findings. 35% had no religion or spiritual belief. 33% considered themselves to be Christian. 20% considered themselves to be spiritual, but not religious. And 12% were connected with all other religions. Out of the 33% who considered themselves to be Christian, 16% were involved At least monthly in a community of faith and 9% were extremely involved now let's look at perceptions of Jesus how important is Jesus life to the history and culture of the world 53 replied extremely or very 33% replied slightly somewhat and 14% replied not at all now, we'll have a look at how important was Jesus' life to you personally. 30% replied, extremely or very. 28 said, slightly or somewhat. And 42% replied, not at all. A third of those surveyed considered themselves to be Christians. Only 9% were actively committed in their faith communities, So. Nationally, in New Zealand, identity in Christ is lower than the significance of Jesus' life and history and culture. I actually found that quite interesting. So, people's not many, have identity in Christ. Now, I would like to ask you, where is your identity? If you are searching for where your identity is placed, we would love to listen, talk, and walk with you in this, we can ask questions together, and can, we can see what answers we can find. We can all have freedom, rest, and security in God. Let's have a look. A couple verses in Mark eight. Joseph, Jesus spoke these words to his disciples and a crowd. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed. What can they give in return for their life? If you already have your identity in Christ, continue to seek God, be thankful, and share about your faith in Jesus. Share your part in God's big story. We need more sharing about our faith, especially with those in the younger generations. Now, I'm going to read you a different poem in a slightly different style by a man called Peter Schott Roper. So, here we go. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, commissioned to make disciples, appointed to bear fruit, exposed to life truth, ordained to preach, taught to teach, reached to reach, charged to love, free to live, saved from sin, blessed to give, sent to seek, called to speak, lit to shine sought to find, touched to touch, with much too much, just as you are. Some say Anna was the first evangelist. Like Anna, let's share the good news. Let's have a look at another verse in Matthew 5. He shared this with his disciples. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bush or basket, but on the lampstand, and gives it light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I'm gonna give you a challenge now. Remember, if you are searching for where your identity is placed, we would love to listen, talk, and walk with you in this. If you already have your identity in Christ, continue to seek God, be thankful, and share about your faith in Jesus. Share your part in God's big story. May God bless you with love, joy and peace. Ngā thank you.